Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock, and in this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Drew Dinkmeyer. This is going to be something that we try and deliver to you guys about once a week. We are going to sit down while Drew or I drafts a team in the $25, $3.5 million draft best ball championship. Uh, Drew's draft is underway, and he got the 101 pick. We will be using the Roto Experts projections and rankings available as part of our NFL 365 package. Uh, who'd you take first overall, Drew? Took uh, Saquon at number one, and we're uh, we're two picks away at 2.12 and 3.1 here, and we might be faced with an interesting decision. All right, Gurley just went. We're on deck, and Melvin Gordon is still there. What 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 are you doing with Melvin Gordon? Because we've had lots of conversation about this in our Slack channels. How are you approaching Melvin Gordon in draft season now that the draft stock is slipping into the late second and possibly even into the third round here? So I am of the mind that uh, if Le'Veon Bell had not held out last year, he would be going where Le'Veon Bell went for all of last year throughout the holdout. People are just so they, they, they cannot divorce themselves from what they just saw, and they assume that what they just saw is going to happen again. I, I didn't like Melvin that much to begin with, so I actually kind of ran hot in the sense of, like, the first 100 drafts I did. probably so, took Melvin, so, like, five times. So do I take Melvin here? He went. Kittle just went, who was my primary target. I've got Melvin, Ertz, and Hilton as the three guys, and I've got two picks for them. Who would you take here? I, I, I mean, if you're trying, you're trying to win a million dollars, right? Mel, Melvin Gordon is the winning a million dollars pick. And I wouldn't, if I was doing a hundred of these, I wouldn't take him on every team. Like yeah. I, I would go like 25% maybe, but right. uh, yeah. I mean, I think so I've, got, so I've got Melvin now. Now do I go Ertz or do I go Hilton or Antonio Brown? Are those are the I, guys? I'm, that... I'm like a Hilton, Diggs, Thielen, Josh Jacobs guy at this pick. That's like, that's a, but you, you started running back, running okay. back. So. You're probably um, going Hilton. Yeah, I'll take Hilton there. I, I'm between Hilton and Ertz there. And we've talked about with the best ball draft strategies, uh, the advantages you can create by getting kind of tight end heavy early. And I think that's a really good spot for Ertz um, to potentially take him. I'm a little down on Ertz on the whole compared to last year. I view him as the third tight end, and I don't view him with like a huge ceiling edge compared to the Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard tier. So if I'm taking Ertz, I generally like to take a middle three instead of yeah, mid third. three. Yeah. And so, like, I'm cool taking Kittle there, early three. But I prefer Ertz kind of mid three. So I, I made the move with T.Y. Hilton there. I think T.Y. Hilton's ideal in a best ball format. I think he really fits well in terms of one of my strategies is often to try to emphasize players on good offenses. Obviously, when you start off with, Saquon Barkley. It's a little players bit of, on players on good offenses. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, but um, but I think I think T. Y. Hilton there is one of my favorite kind of upside receivers, and I think I need a, I need a receiver after going kind of running back, running back early. Let's talk a little bit about how kind of these drafts evolve and how your early round selections impact your later round roster construction because I think that's one of the most integral parts of creating good best ball teams is thinking about how what you've done early on in the draft impacts what you're going to do late, both in terms of the players that you're selecting, but also in terms of, you know, 
what kind of roster construction are you going to end up? Are you going to end up with three quarterbacks or two quarterbacks or three tight ends or two tight ends or eight wide receivers or nine wide receivers or seven wide receivers? Um, so for me, when, and this is one of the goals of this series that we're going to do is, is to get a little bit of insight into how we think about while we're drafting, not just the players. I think the players are you know, less interesting than kind of the strategy around it. But when I start out running back, running back, I'm immediately thinking, okay, this is a team that at most is going to have six running backs. And this is a team that most likely for me is going to spend the majority of the early to middle rounds focused on wide receiver and tight end. And I'm going to come back to running back. Usually my third running back is, is most likely going to be a player without a really solidified uh, starting role. It's going to be a player that's more kind of a, a secondary piece or a player that has dipped down in, um, in the rankings because of some concerns about playing time. So I'm probably looking at like a, my running back three somewhere in rounds like eight through 11 is my most likely guess. Whereas eight through 11 is like the dead range of dudes that are like all the, the reason I don't like starting running back, running back. And I, I, my favorite start is either picking in the first five picks. So then you get one of the five stud running backs Mm -hmm. and then you can take one of, Odell or Juju Smith-Schuster or uh, Devontae those guys, Well, the problem is those guys have not been falling. They get pushed up a little drafts bit. Because of the Melvin Gordon situation. Mm-hmm. So Melvin Gordon getting taken out is pushing those, like the, the late, if you get 1.01 to 1.03, you're looking at like the Hilton, Kittle, maybe Chubb falls or this Melvin Gordon decision if you get like 1.05, 1.06, and you happen to get lucky where one of the top backs falls to you, then you have a chance at one of the top wide receivers. But it seems like the people have figured out that the top wide receiver should be going late round one, early round two, and they get kind of pulled off before. So I feel like it's weird where if you get an early draft pick in these best ball drafts, you often start closer to running back, running back. And if you get a late pick, you almost always start tight end wide receiver or wide receiver, wide receiver, depending on your feeling on Kelsey because it's just very hard to kind of get away from them. I just I just don't start running back running back. I bet I bet if I went and looked at my like just went individually and looked through all of my drafts, I bet running back running back starts accounted for less than 20% of them. Like cuz I'm also cool Mike Evans is in my top tier of wide receivers, so I have a top tier mm-hmm. of seven guys and he is the number 7th guy, but I like our projections don't actually have that wide of a gulf between him and someone like Devontae Adams because we have that offense projected to be so pass-heavy. Okay, so we're on the clock. We're on deck here. And at 4.12 and 5.1, we've started out with Saquon, then Melvin Gordon, then T.Y. Hilton. The top of the board based on ADP is Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery, Kenny Galladay, Philip Lindsay, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley. We're now on deck. I, I call this I call this the DJ Moore Mike Williams uh, special. Yeah, so th- those guys are both there, and that could represent my wide receivers two and three. And I think, given the start on running back, that is my lean as well. Given that you started with two wide receivers, you definitely want to look uh, to this uh, two running backs. You definitely want to look to this wide receiver tier. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Mike Williams and DJ Moore. Other guys in consideration for me there would have been Cooper Cup, um, Philip Lindsay. Lindsay, if I had gone running back wide receiver or running back tight end wide receiver, might be more in the mix, but the two running back start makes me kind of shy away from Lindsay there. Um, I think Calvin Ridley's like on the outside of that conversation, but in there. And then Hunter Henry, 
a little bit too early for me, but I do like getting one of those good tight ends. I was kind of hoping OJ Howard would slip, but he, he went at 4.8 there. And this is, this is one of my uncomfortable drafts where I'm going to end up figuring out if I need to take three tight ends, which I hate doing, but I might end up having to. I prefer, I prefer three tight ends to three quarterbacks because they at least have upside if you can use two of them. Whereas when you're taking three quarterbacks, you're knowing that on any given week, uh, you're like, you have one guy that scores 33, one guy that scores 32, that 32 point goes completely wasted. If you have two tight ends who go bonkers the same week, you can use both of those scores. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that, that I'd rather go three tight ends than, three quarterbacks. I rarely go three quarterbacks. Um, I go two, seven, seven, three, uh, 90% of the time, probably. I am usually a two, six, eight, two um, is my two, seven, seven, three. I don't think the math adds up there, David. No, no, no. no. Two, six, seven, three. Yeah. So you're usually a third tight end. I'm usually an eighth wide receiver. The big thing for me, the difference there is on that decision is ultimately how early I get my first tight end. If I get Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz, I'm pretty confident that I'm only going to play two tight ends um, because I'm really relying on one of those guys to carry most of my scoring weeks there. Um, but if I, if I dip down into that second tier where I get like Howard, Henry, sometimes it depends. If I get beyond them, then I, I really look like I'm going to play a three tight end combo. Um, and usually for me, the Doyle, one, Eifert, Ricky Seals, Jones, just th- those three. My guy, my, yeah. my guy is Gesicki. Um, I, I, I see him over Doyle. I That's end funny. up with a lot of Gesicki. Um, you can get him like last round, second to last round, third to last round, pretty consistently. Um, Evan Ingram just went 5.10. I was actually kind of thinking about him possibly at, uh, the end of six, if he had lasted there. But I think given the news on um, Corey Coleman going down for the season, Sterling Shepard's injury, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of inflation on these Giants receiving options, which is too bad for us because I know I've been stockpiling a ton of Golden State. Um, I think he's been a guy that's been really undervalued early in draft season. Uh, man, the the thing about Golden Tate is he might have a big share of that pie, but that's going to be one of the most disgusting <laughs> pies you've ever eaten. Like well, I, I prefer I prefer the Dolphins crap to the Giants crap because it's cheaper crap. The Dolphins crap just added Alan Hearns to the mix though, so got a little. I, bit I would assume I would assume adding Hearns as a hedge against Wilson not being ready for Week One. That was the way I read that that uh, yeah. that signing. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah, the other thing about this team that I have to take into consideration, right, is when you draft Saquon one overall, do you take yourself out of consideration for taking the Golden State value later? I don't think it's a must, but I do think I will be. Just less- imagine stacking. Imagine you getting into the best ball championship with Saquon, and like you're sitting there sweating for a million dollars in the end, and it's it's Daniel Jones against what, whoever the Giants are playing in Week 16, <laughs> and you're like, man, I just hope he can somehow complete 25 passes in this game. Yeah, I mean, that might be that might be the situation uh, we're looking at. All right, so we're seven picks away here, looking at the end of round six, early round seven. This, to me, is wide receiver heaven for me. Usually someone I like falls to yeah, this you take You take Kirk here. Uh, Kirk, Watkins, Alshon, those are the guys that usually I'm hoping one of those guys falls. If two of them fall, great. Um, if one of the – Christian Kirk just went at 6.5. I actually have not been able to get Christian Kirk. Yeah, he, started, he's big inflated now. I've started my, my best ball draft season. So we're recording this on July 26th. I started my best ball draft season about probably about a week and a half ago. 
And so I've missed out on some of those values that earlier in the off season, you were getting at really good numbers. And, and Kurt seems like one of those guys that's gotten pushed up pretty heavily of late. He used to go after pick a hundred. His ADP was after pick a hundred for a while. That's incredible. That's uh, that's really compelling. So if this wide, so it's interesting. I'm or five picks away. If this wide receiver tier gets picked apart with Alshon and Watkins, if they go and Will Fuller is kind of in that, Fuller, Fuller is who I take here because Fuller is like the best ball dude and Fuller's 90th percentile season is so much better than all these other guys 90th percentile season because that includes like six 80 yard touchdowns yeah um as we're talking Austin Eckler goes 6.7 Austin Eckler um if you draft Melvin Gordon in a best ball you don't take the other two you don't guys take at all Eckler. Right, because the whole the whole key to this championship is to maximize the best case scenario for your players, kind of hitting. I, I never draft my dude's handcuff. I dra- like if I take an Elliott, I'm not taking Tony Pollard. If I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, yeah. I'm not taking Jordan Scarlett. Like I think like it's just a total waste of a roster spot. I agree. I agree. All right, so two picks away. There is some running back depth here, actually. Um, running backs like there. Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, Latavius are there. Sammy Watkins is still there, but Alshon and Kirk have gone. So you've got Sammy Watkins, Fuller, Coleman, and Lamar Miller are the four guys I would consider for these two picks uh, as we're one away. Yeah, Fuller, Coleman is is what I would do if the, if I was drafting this team. You slipped on Sammy. No, no more, no more Sammy love. I have I, I at this point I probably have Sammy Watkins on like sixty percent of my total teams I've drafted in this offseason. So now would be a good time for me to pull back and then wait for it because I think. I think like after uh, we see like some video of Tyreek like at training camp and everything, like Watkins is going to fall even further. Interesting. So I took Tevin Coleman. I I had said before I thought I'd be holding off on a running back three, but I think Tevin Coleman has huge upside. Um, so he's one of the guys that I will take in a best ball in this situation. And then I'm going to take. Derek McKinnon just got put on the physically unable to perform list about 15 minutes ago. His knee flared up at training camp today. That's uh, even more interesting news. So it's 6.12, basically early seventh round, late sixth round. I'm pretty good with Tevin Coleman there. I think that's a good value. I think he should be going early six, mid six. So that's the only reason I deviated from the plan there of just loading up on wide receivers. Then I took Watkins over Fuller. I see occasionally Fuller fall, not this far because I'm on the turn. So it's not going to come all the way back to me. Um, but for me, that was evening out a little bit of exposure. Uh, for me, I think those two guys are fairly equal. I like Sammy slightly more because I think it's just a more competent offense on the whole, but I think those are two offenses that I'm very comfortable investing in. Yeah. I mean, I think, I I think Fuller and Watkins are like pretty comparable values. They're, they are, uh, you know, third, they're going to be third on their team in total touches and, you know, they're, they're going to have, they're definitely going to have some four for 32 weeks. And like, I don't know, you just have to, you just have to live with that sometimes, but now, Hawkins, so, I mean, so one thing, one thing I want to touch on, and I don't think I, I doubt he's going to last to me. Um, but uh, we have DJ Moore, right. And we're coming up now on our next picks will be 8.12 in 9.1. Yeah. That's I don't mind right. taking him and Samuel. So that is prime territory to get your triple stack. If it's there with Cam, Samuel, DJ Moore, um, you won't get another shot to get it. And so this is one of the things about these best ball championship drafts that I think you should be considering as you're sitting here drafting your teams, as you're adding wide receivers to your teams, start to think about what are the ways that I can go. You have to think about their quarterback ADP. And like, that's the thing, like, 
So if if the decision and like the first round is like Juju Smith-Schuster or Odell Beckham, I'm actually more likely to take Juju because you can get his quarterback three rounds later. And like that, that's a like being able to get the quarterback and the stack cheaply is actually like a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think that makes sense. This is interesting. Lamar Miller is still there at seven point one two. You know, we're not anywhere near the clock, but so is Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. That's, that's weird. He never lasts that late. I finally got my first share of him. Curtis Samuel just went seven point one two. So that dream is dead of the uh, double cam stack. We could go the to hype Campbell's. is so big on him. The hype is really big on Samuel. It uh. He's, he's slowly closed the gap on DJ Moore in ADP over the course of the season. I think DJ Moore going to look so, it's going to look old. so bad. <laughs> it's going to look know. so, I think it's going to look bad. Samuel has his supporters, Matt Harmon. No, I like Samuel too. I was touting, I was touting Curtis Samuel before his ADP crested 90, you know, but it's just, if you just look at historically in the NFL, what types of guys get 160 targets and what type of guys get 120 targets, you see, a uh, picture of more behind the 160 targets, and you see Samuel with the 120 targets. Yeah, Sony Michelle just went 8.2. That's pretty late for him. That's very late for him. I've not seen that. Lamar Miller is still like, hanging around. Okay, Lamar Miller goes at 8.3. I would assume Daryl Henderson will follow very shortly. Um, sounds like you're drafting with some Roto Experts customers. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, because these guys usually don't. Uh, Unless Jameis just went 8.5, so maybe I am. Yeah, there's there's definitely <laughs> someone drafting up our projections. If, if Cam goes before you get up, you know someone is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looking at looking at the roster as you know, we're about to we're you know six picks away here. So we've got Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman, really solid running back trio there, and then T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, D.J. Moore, Sammy Watkins. Uh, four receivers in four offenses that I'm pretty confident in this year. Uh, Daryl Henderson goes 8.6. This next pick, I'm most likely looking at wide receiver, wide receiver, or possibly wide receiver quarterback. Um, Royce Freeman, if he hung around, I would maybe consider him because I think it's a good price tag. I don't think I would. I think I, I think at this point you got to just wait for Justice Hill, Edo yeah. Smith, Alex Madison, too. Tony Pollard. I, I think so too. There's a lot of investment already in the running back position for me. So let me go through the wide receivers and get your take here. Of the guys that are available, Sterling Shepard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, Nikhil Harry, Dante Moncrief, Devin Funches, who are the guys that stand out to you? We are two picks away. I hope Leone doesn't listen to this because this is where I start taking quarterbacks. After I've taken seven skill position guys, this yeah. is where I start to take Kyler and Jameis. And sometimes Cam, not, not Cam. So Kyler and Jameis are off the board. Cam is there. Drew Brees is the highest ADP guy. I think I'm going to take Cam and uh, a wide MBS. receiver. Yeah, so MBS just went right before. So cannot take him. I think I'm going to take my first uh, Hieronymo Allison share. Yeah, I mean, what? No, the the this is the most absurd phenomenon I've ever noticed in fantasy football. But it really is crazy. When MVS goes, Allison goes, and then when Allison yeah. goes, MVS. They they go yeah. within like five picks of each other. Like eighty percent of drafts, I do. It's really yeah. fun. I think people are just throwing their hands up and like we don't know which one's going to be the better one, but we want one of them. We want we one want of them. One of them goes, and then someone goes. Oh, I need, I need the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there we go. So now with Cam as my quarterback one, I feel pretty comfortable that I'm probably not going to be looking at that quarterback range until 
maybe 12, 13, 14 if someone falls. Otherwise, then you get to to take Lamar. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's real late and it's the Dalton train is kind of where I've been. I do. I don't, I don't do that so much this year. I used to, I used to be big on like the Mario to Dalton, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill combos. And I think that there's so many, I think there's like six good quarterbacks who go after the 10th round who have either high passing ceilings or who run that I actually think teams that do like the, the total crap quarterback platter are going to be kind of behind the eight ball this year. Okay. Interesting. Um, 16 picks away. If Austin Hooper went all the way back, that would be a target. Yeah, I like, I like Hooper. Um, our projections like him quite a bit in a big t- drop off at the tight ends. It seems like our projections don't like Mark Andrews as much as the field likes Mark Andrews. And that's just a volume quantity situation. That's hard to, hard to pile up but I think his talent for best ball uh fits that he's gonna break off some big plays I need to I need to look at our projections because I I I take Mark Andrews to 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 do the Lamar stack like sometimes I go yeah that's a stack that's a stack that's not hard to make the Andrews Marquise Brown Lamar Jackson stack um it's a weird stack and it's gonna require some weird stuff to happen because usually when you're drafting Lamar you're drafting him for the rushing value um, but it's, it's one that's not particularly hard to compose uh, kind of when you're going through these. So we did stack Cam with DJ Moore, which we'll keep in the back of our minds for maybe tight end two later because Greg Olson could be a tight end two that just for correlation purposes might have a little bit of value. I will say this, knowing what I know now, I wish I took Christian McCaffrey at 1.01. You think? I actually don't think McCaffrey and Cam correlate all that well. I think it's just a whole offensive thing. Like you just you just want the onslaught weeks if Carolina scores forty. And, yeah, but I think you know, I think they're maybe not going to do so much of like the keeping McCaffrey in in the fourth quarter when they're up by thirty type stuff. Like I think we're going to see more of you know Justin, whatever Justin these. Still just went at ten point one. You're this is definitely a Roto expert. Yeah, Roto expert subscribers are in this draft. Um, Golden Tate at 10.2. That's about wow, where that is early for Justice Hill. I don't even know if I've, I've probably taken him that early like twice, but that's pretty early for him. Yeah. So, and Mark Andrews goes 10.4 as Ravens are flying off the, the clock here. Uh, Trey Burton goes at 10.5, a little bit of a tight end run. Austin Cooper still there, five picks away. He would be my favorite pick if, uh, if he was still hanging on there. I don't think he will. Looking at other, uh, other options for this pick. This is where I get into a weird spot because I've been taking um, I've been taking a lot of Golden State or a quarterback in this situation, this 9-10 area. And now they're both off. I took the quarterback. Um, I'm looking at Devin Funches, Ito Smith, Tyrell Williams. If you're following along with our projections, you'll notice that Kenny Stills is projected ahead of a lot of these other wide receivers. I usually try to maximize ADP on Kenny Stills. Yeah, same knowing that I can get him occasionally in 13, 14. And I'm going to try to do that whenever I can, because I'm drafting enough of these that I'll be overweight regardless. I just want to be getting the best price that I can get. If you're playing just one of these, I think, you know, maybe you take him in 11 or 12. Um, Lamar Jackson just went, we are on deck. Um, Russell Wilson. Dak Gallup is an interesting, I like, I like that at the, uh, the 11, I guess the 11, or this is the 10, 10, 11. This is 10-11. So I'm really That's hoping. early on Gallup. Yeah, I'm really hoping. Okay, Austin Hooper fell. So that is ideal. Yeah. So getting Austin true. Hooper there, you know, as my tight end one, I feel very good about. 
in terms of the second pick here, do you go Ito Smith, Tyrell Williams? Do you go the second quarterback, which you could go Russ here uh, or Dak, and then you have options later. I have Phillip Rivers, who I could pair with Mike Williams as a second quarterback. My instinct is to since, take- since we have Williams, I'm cool waiting. If we didn't have Williams to match with Rivers, I would say Dak. So you know what I'm doing? I'm taking Ito Smith. That's my fourth yeah. running back. I feel really good about him at running back four. Um, I have a little bit of a former Atlanta correlation now with Ito and Tevin. Uh, that's not actual correlation. But as my running back four in round 11, knowing Justice Hill is off the board, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, Ito, Ito and Justice Hill are my two highest exposure running backs, I believe. Maybe Tony Pollard, but I think, they're, they're uh, pretty close. Looking at mine right now, and this is my 13th best ball championship draft, Ito, this will be the ninth team he's on. I've got this will be my seventh team. I have Tevin Coleman on. I have a lot of Tevin Coleman. Seems uh, wild to me that like I like when did T- Tevin Coleman when he was a Falcon ever go this cheap? Like is the, is the market assume the market either has to be assuming this is about where he went last year. Um, was it? Yeah, about where he went last year. A little bit higher. He went like late five, early six last year. I had a ton of Tevin Coleman last year too. I cannot. No, no. I'm saying, I'm saying the discrepancy is with Ito Smith, where he's being drafted now, versus where. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Tevin, Tevin, out outside of his rookie year, I don't think went outside of the top ten rounds. Right, which is which is either so the market is either assuming, but it can, the market the market can't be assuming Freeman as the lead back because he's like a fourth round pick. They can't assume Freeman is the lead. They are assuming. Devon so think of the the market. The market either ha- like if the market is assuming there's no complimentary back, then isn't Freeman's ADP way too low? Devonta Freeman's. So Freeman's ADP is is creeping up into the mid third now. Yeah, but if if he's one of the few like non spellbacks, why wouldn't he be going where Nick Chubb is going? That's fair. But he's I think going he's, after, like, but, Marlon but Mack. he's not he's not going far that far behind. Yeah, Marlon Mack is a good comp or kind of where he's going, but he's not going that far behind. Um, when I did the FFPC pros versus Joe's league the other day, he went in the fourth round. Freeman did. Freeman. What is a price? You're not a Devonta Freeman guy. We, we, uh, no, because we're, we're pricing in, we're pricing in the split. Right. But where is a price that you feel would be a good price on Devonta Freeman? I take him. Like if he's there at like four Oh five or whatever, yeah. I'll take him. Yeah. And I think I think you also have to think through these drafts with are you doing just one of these drafts? Are you doing just five of these drafts? Are you doing 20 of these drafts? Because how you go about how many drafts you're going to, to, to do ultimately. Yeah. Should impact impacts, your decision making. Impacts your decision making for sure. So like there's certain guys where like Daryl Henderson, I'm not going to have a lot of Daryl Henderson, but when he fell to like 8.7 last night, I was like, all right, this is my chance. This is my chance to take this dude. And I think Lamar Miller was still there. And I like Lamar Miller more than Daryl Henderson, but I'm, I have some Lamar Miller. I don't have any Daryl Henderson. Um, Rivers just went, which is annoying. Um, so we will not be able to uh, pair off Mike Williams. And now we're in, a weird, we're in that weird quarterback range where we're up in 11 picks, but Trubisky, Josh Allen, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins are kind of the guys hanging around. So we missed on who we needed. Yeah, well, we got Cam, we got Cam with DJ, so we got that stack, but we didn't double it up. Um, and it would be and Brady just went Brady in twelve is pretty early for him. And these some of these guys are tough to pair up too. Like Cousins, we've already missed on Diggs and Thielen, so we can't get there. Um, is Rudolph Josh still Allen, there? 
Rudolph is still there. So you Ru- Ru- Rudolph Kirk is actually one that I don't mind. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, you've got – I don't know if they will both get back to us. They might. Um, you've got Josh Allen, who's difficult to pair, like John Brown, I guess, because um, Foster not starting on – on the field and their and their three wide. Yeah, the the Josh the yeah. Josh Allen the Josh Allen stack right now is probably like Zay Jones. Yeah, um, Jimmy G I like because I like Goodwin. Um, so I don't mind that Trubisky. We we like Taylor Gabriel, but you know Trubisky, hard guy to stack in general because. You know uh, what's weird is all of our projection like our projections kind of like Trubisky. They they give him like decent rush equity. The, I just yeah. I just never take the dude. Um, if he falls to this pick, I think I would take him above Cousins and Jimmy G. But I think given the way the quarterback is shaping up, and I probably want one of those three guys before the next year falls off, I think this 12.12 pick, 13.1 turn is going to involve the quarterback. Which quarterback do you prefer? I think, I think Mitch. I think he has the highest – he just went, so he's off the board. Um, so I think he has the highest upside ceiling. And then, honestly, I don't see a lot of difference between Cousins and Jimmy G. Um, in this instance, if Rudolph was there, I think I would take Cousins to, to go Cousins-Rudolph and then have that little stack. If he's not, I'd take Jimmy G and then hope to get Goodwin later. And I'd probably go Jimmy G stills, um, knowing that I can get the stills pick here. Uh, so Cousins just went. We're two picks away. Um, and Brieta goes after that. Um, How'd you say so that I, name? Brieta. How do you sell it? Definitely, it's definitely just Brita. Just Brita? Brita. All right. I, I do not believe he is Latin American. Kalen Ballage goes at 12.11. All right, so I'm going to grab I was Jimmy. wondering when the ADP spike for him would come. I'm going to go Jimmy G and Kenny Stills. Yeah, I think so that's fine. Kenny Stills is now the wide receiver six. Jimmy G is the quarterback two. I will hope to get Goodwin as my wide receiver seven. To get a little yeah, he's, he's the good one's actually a guy I started drafting a lot. And once it became clear, he was going to be like a starting wide receiver for them. The very interesting thing about Goodwin is, do you remember where he was going in best ball drafts last year? Yeah, he was like sixth round, seventh round. Earlier than that. He ended up I by took the him, end. I took him, I believe I took him in the fifth round of like a high stakes league that I did. By the, by the end of guys. the draft season, he was going late four, early five. And so now you can get him... 10 rounds later and yes there's more competition at the position i just think them shutting him down at the end of the year last year just made people like he was a total situational player last year because they wanted to evaluate the young guys but i think they're ready to try and win again now yeah um so yeah i think i think he's he's a name that i like taking chances on because he also fits the best ball scoring system right you're gonna get when Goodwin goes right, it's going to be these really big plays that kind of come out of nowhere um, and potentially win weeks. So um, I think he's he's certainly in the mix. We're 17 picks away, so we're, we're a ways away here in the middle of the 13th round. What are the things that you're thinking about when you're making draft selections around this time? I'm just thinking of I'm just thinking of how do I complete stacks? How do I make sure that I have the roster requirements that I want, which is uh, two, six, seven, three? Uh, is there a way for me to correlate? Like, should I, is which late round tight end should I be taking? A lot of times, what I'll do right around this range, like pick 13, 14, 15, is I'll go to 
I'll just click on the tight end column and just star all the tight ends that correlate with the quarterbacks I have. So I'll star Greg Olson or I'll star Ricky Seals Jones or even like Cameron Brait if I have Jameis, just so that like I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that. And then I, I will also see uh, if, if Deion Lewis, Alexander Madison are on the board because I, I think after Deion Lewis and Alexander Madison, the running back values, they're all just sort of the same to me. Do you think Chase Edmonds is in that category or no? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Chase, Chase Edmonds, he used to be – oh, man, how times have changed. See, all offseason, I was just drafting Chase Edmonds with my last pick, so I didn't even have to think about running – like, I didn't even have to think about my sixth running back, and now he goes in, like, the 14th round. He just went 13.1. So the top running backs by – and Duke Johnson went after him. The top running backs by ADP now are Kareem Hunt, Jarek McKinnon, AP, Giovanni Bernard, Jamal Williams, Chris Thompson, CJ Anderson, Mike Davis, Malcolm Brown. So running back is worn out here by the end of the 13th round. I mean, that's, that's generally what happens. And luckily for you, uh, it started running back heavy. So you'll, you'll probably live. Yeah. I mean, having uh, Tevin Coleman, Nito Smith as running back three and running back four make it so that I feel like I can take shots on, you know, guys that aren't necessarily guaranteed playing time. Um, at that running back five, running back six spot for me. The question ultimately will be, is this a seven wide receiver team or an eight wide receiver team for me? The current wide receiver uh, group that we have is Hilton, Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Geronimo Allison, Sammy Watkins, and Kenny Stills. Is that a wide receiver group that uh, you would be comfortable enough making it a seven wide receiver core instead of an eight? Yeah, I think so. I think I think when you have guys that you project with like very high ceilings and then a lot of guys with built-in roles, like if you're taking guys like Marquise Brown or Robert Foster or whatever, you'd probably want an eighth. But I think all of our guys without injury will play as starting snaps all season long. So if that's the case, then it's probably going to be a three tight end draft. And if that's the case, we're probably looking at a tight end with one of the next two picks. Greg Olson did go, so we don't have that correlation opportunity. But – the olds are still there. Delaney Walker, Jack Doyle, oh. Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, um, kind of all, all still there. Is Jack there. Doyle even old? I, don't, I mean, I feel like his body is old after last his year. His body is like – I mean, the dude is an offensive tackle. He ran a 4.940. Yeah. The, old, the olds are starting to go. Delaney just went. We're six picks away. Who's your tight end preference of that group? Doyle, Reed, uh, Tyler Eifert, Kasicki. You already know. You already know my, my preference. I'm a Doyle guy. Doyle, Doyle is going to – he just gets he just gets 100 targets. Like, if that dude stays healthy for 16 games with Andrew Luck – because and the, the dirty secret that no one wants to talk about with Andrew Luck is no one loves a seven-yard check down more than Andy Luck does. <laughs> he really – like, if you, like Doyle, <laughs> Doyle had uh, half as many targets as Eric Ebron last year, but in only six games. That is, uh, that is something. Doyle rules. We're two picks away. Doyle is still there. Goodwin is still there. Um, we're one pick away. Mike Davis. Yeah, just we, should take good, we should take Goodwin. Yeah, well, we got two picks. So I was thinking Goodwin-Doyle here would be the, the combo that you'd feel pretty good about. And then you get a little correlation with your Jimmy G. Um, yeah, and then after that, you know, you'd have three picks left. Um, oh, man, Muhammad Sanu went. Good, good luck to you, sir. Uh, so, good one, Doyle. I take, I take Muhammad Sanu sometimes when I take Matt Ryan. Yeah, just for the correlation. Yeah, I mean, Sanu, he'll also throw like a 75-yard touchdown pass at some point, too. Got to get in on that. 
<laughs> All right. Like so when I talk about punt return equity. Yeah. And I get, I get so tilted when, yeah. when you're like, Oh, he's guaranteed to return a kick this year. And I'm like, Oh great. I, I can add one, one uh, fantasy point to his expectation. Um, all right, I got to pause to get this food. So Dink just got his vegetable soup order delivered via Postmates, <laughs> I'm sure. What, uh, what draft selections did you make while tipping the nice young man? So thankfully, uh, that timing worked out great. It was literally right after we took Goodwin and Doyle, so we're still 13 picks away. Uh, we're in the, middle, the end of round 15 here, and I'm really happy I took Doyle because my boy Mike Isicki went in the middle of round 15, and whew, I'm like into I'm like into Gasicki, like the idea of Gasicki, like the athlete <laughs> tight end who has like no like the only competition is like these total retreads. But man, I don't know. I can just see Gasicki going like full Bishop Sankey and just like being on like a Canadian football league roster. I mean, they don't even use tight ends in the CFL, so I guess not. <laughs> I mean, his athletic profile is so good. It's so so good, and there's so what if, many. What if Five years ago, we had we had had this conversation, and you realized that you'd be pitching me on someone based on that profile. <laughs> that would have been a star turn of events. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to go around. That offense was so slow last year in terms of number of plays. They're going to play from behind, so they they should be throwing the ball quite a bit. I just feel like you know, and we we've been doing some dynasty drafts together, you and I as as co-owners and. Like this is a year where I feel like for me, if I can get my hands on him as like, like in dynasty leagues, you can get like in restart dynasty leagues, like fresh start dynasty leagues, you can get him like three or four rounds after Font and Hawkinson. And those guys have just like, they just haven't had a bad rookie year yet, which is the most likely outcome for rookie tight ends in the NFL. Um, so I'm into buying low. Yeah, that, that is like this, like if you were just talking about, like historical profiles of guys, you could just be like, well, rookie tight ends never do anything. Like yeah. there's going to be a lot of people who try and throw dirt. Like I'm sure one of Hawkinson or Fant yeah. is going to be good this year, but like one of them is also going to suck. And people are going to be like, oh, dude, don't take tight ends in the first round. They suck. They, like yeah. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron was biggest bust of all part. Right. I got to interrupt because we're on the clock now. We need – this is six, end of 16 and early 17. Top running backs available, Gio Bernard, Chris Thompson, Malcolm Brown. Take Tony Instead Pollard. Thompson. Gio? No, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. I'm not taking Tony Pollard yet. Um, I, I'm like, take, I like Armstead. I'm going to take Malcolm Brown first for my running back five. Now do I want running back six or tight end three? Tight end three would be Ricky Seals-Jones. Oh, Ricky Seals-Jones, buddy. Or Marquise Brown is wide receiver eight. No, I prefer Ricky Seals air yards for sure. Okay. We'll take Ricky Seals Jones as a third tight end. And then that last running back, somebody somebody um I think decent will come back in terms of uh well, it's the last pick of the entire draft, so maybe not. But I take of, I take Tony Pollard or Darwin Thompson there a lot. Yeah, so Tony Pollard, uh Darwin Thompson and Reichwell Armstead are the guys that I look to. Um, I think Paul. Well, I just have to take. I just have to take Darwin Thompson to hedge against all of this Damian Williams I have because I was yeah, drafting yeah. him so much in like the fourth round. Like I probably I have like crazy Damian Williams. Pollard is actually gone. He's not even there. So we'll yeah. see what comes back. Um, but people are hip to it now, which sucks. So what? So, so talk to me about Tony Pollard because I really I honestly don't know much about him. I know in our dynasty best ball we drafted Mike Weber uh, very late or Weber. 
Weaver? We literally took him in the 30th round. Yeah, like very, very late. And so, so what's, what's the Pollard situation? Do you think there's any Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell chances of happening? The Cowboys seem like the type of organization. The Cowboys are going to pay Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke, yeah. Zeke just doesn't want to come to training camp, and I think the Cowboys are fine with him not coming to training camp. But Pollard's just the – if it's something like, happens like, to Zeke. Well, I mean, literally, he was – okay, so in college, Tony Pollard was the Daryl Henderson to what people think Daryl Henderson is going to be to Todd Gurley. He was Daryl Henderson's spellback. Gotcha. So they played in the same backfield, and he caught – Pat. like, he was like uh, – he's uh, the comp I would make for him to people, like, would be like Jalen Samuels. Like, he's never going to be, like, 300 carries, but – He's like, he would be very good in like a 90 carry, 85 target sort of role. And I, and I think Dallas actually does probably want to bring that sort of player in the offense. Because people say, everyone around the Cowboys right now says Kellen Moore is like doing some very cool things with their offense and is projecting them to be like significantly, maybe not better, but like different and more innovative on offense. The, the Scott Lanahan offense was a really bad fit for the players on the Dallas offense and was really bad for Dak. All right, so Reichwell Armstead went in 17.9. We're still far away, 14 picks away. One guy I wanted to circle back on because he kind of went right before we were about to pick, and you said you wanted to see where his where the inflated ADB goes is uh, Kalen Blage for Miami, who has supposedly been leading the practice reps with the ones for the Dolphins over Kenyon Drake. What do you what are you doing with like where if you if you are drafting just on hearing that news, where do you think he should be taken? Like, where would you ideally like? Does he start to mix into that Justice Hill, Edo Smith range? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. For me, he does because okay. I I was like drafting Bellage a lot anyway because I don't really think Kenyon like I think Kenyon Drake is sort of like a spellback in the NFL. I don't I don't really like, and maybe not that he couldn't do it, but just that for whatever reason, his college coaches and now two NFL or and he's had three head coaches, right? So not, not one of them have ever been like, oh, yeah, this guy's our guy. Like, he's always just been the complimentary guy, whether it be to Frank Gore, whether it be to JJ, doesn't matter. The NFL coaches just don't feel him that way. So I was taking him anyway. I, but I think, yeah, he's like in that Justice Hill. You know, Smith Ranch, the thing is about Balage, and I hate to talk about this, he really might be bad. Like, Kalen Balage might be like, like uh, remember when, like, Mike Clay was like, guys, listen. Jeremy Langford is straight up bad, yeah, and he was right. Kalen Balaj might be straight up like Jeremy Langford bad. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good at all. Um, all right, so what are the rounds that you're generally drafting and targeting those guys in? Because the, the I feel like the ADP is starting to move on Justice Hill. I feel like your article has gotten out there. You called him the that the, was our that was our highest page view article of the month. The uh, the league winning running back, the zero running back you should target. You you pinned all your hopes on Justice Hill, and it seems like the ADP has uh, risen like a round, round and a half maybe in the last week or two. Um, what are the rounds that you're targeting these guys in? I feel like for me it's often 11 through 13, but it's getting harder to get Justice Hill in 11. Ito has not had that. Ito, that Ito hasn't moved. Deion Lewis hasn't moved. Alexander Madison hasn't moved. But some of the guys around them, like Damian Harris has really shot up. Yeah. Justice Hill has really shot up. Uh, Daryl Henderson obviously has shot up a lot. You used to be able to get, like, right after the draft, Henderson used to be, you could get him in, like, the 13th round. It was pretty nice. <laughs> 
I'm so, like, it's so sick to have been doing. I like, it's crazy that I have best balls from like before the draft still sitting in my draft account. We should, um, you know, next, next, uh, next edition of this, let's review one of those. Let's, let's pick yeah, like, I pick, should, yeah, I should go back and look and see what the first one I drafted. Yeah. Looked. Just, just look through it. So we're on deck here with the final pick of the draft. Um, and we've got two Thompson running backs. I feel fine with either one as running back six, Chris or Darwin. I, um, probably slightly prefer Darwin for this team because yeah. it doesn't feel like you're going to need like right. six catches in a right. random week. Yeah, I think so. And that's exactly how I'd stress this. I'm going to take Darwin with this team, with this team, but that's exactly how I'd stress that last decision is essentially how good do you feel about your running backs? Cause if you feel pretty good about your running backs, you should take the higher upside guy. The guy you that could, take, you should just take the guy who has no projectable week to week role, but would benefit right. with injuries. Right. If you don't feel good about it, take the guy who's going to get you know the four to five catches a week uh, when he's healthy, at least we think, um, and and work from there. I, th- I think that makes the most sense. So just to to wrap this edition in this draft, what we ended up with, we started Saquon Barkley at the one, Melvin Gordon at the two point one two, T Y Hilton at three point one. At 4.12, we went with Mike Williams, 5.1, DJ Moore. Uh, 6.12, we slid back to running back with Tevin Coleman, then Sammy Watkins at 7.1. 8.12 is where we took the quarterback, Cam Newton, and the 9.1 was Geronimo Allison. 10.12, we got Austin Hooper, felt pretty good about that value, and Ito Smith, a couple of Falcons. In the 12-13 uh, turn, we took Jimmy Garoppolo and Kenny Stills at the 14-15 turn. We paired Jimmy Garoppolo with Marquise Goodwin and took Jack Doyle as tight end two. At the 16-17 turn, we took Malcolm Brown and Ricky Seals-Jones to get a third tight end. This is a third tight end team because we didn't spend high draft capital on a top-tier stud tight end, so we're going to use a rotational mix there. And then 18.12, Darwin Thompson getting us a little bit of uh, high-end exposure to a backup running back. If you notice, we did that with both the Rams and the Chiefs with Malcolm Brown and Darwin Thompson there. Guys that might not be technically thought of as, you know, number two on the depth chart, but guys who could play a role. Uh, I actually think if Gurley just flat out can't go, Malcolm Brown might just be like the grinder and then Daryl Henderson's just like the, the web back. I had said that when all this Daryl Henderson hype was really getting going and Anthony uh, Miko was really behind it. He was talking a lot about Daryl Henderson early on in the season before it got to this price, basically. And I said, you know, I think this might get a little bit out of hand just because if you remember last year, if you played preseason DFS last year, everybody lost their minds for John Kelly, right? That was the guy that was, that was tearing things up in preseason DFS. He started to become the very popular last round pick in best ball season. Yeah, I didn't. Guy didn't see the field at all. Play. Very clearly behind Malcolm Brown. Now, obviously, different situation. They've invested a lot more draft capital in Daryl Henderson, and so I think Daryl Henderson will see the field. But they also matched an offer sheet on Malcolm Brown from the Lions, right? So, like, I don't remember who it was from, but yeah, they they did in his, they did match something. For so him. they like Malcolm Brown. Like clearly, like Kelly went nuts in the preseason last year. He couldn't usurp Malcolm Brown. Um, they like Malcolm Brown, so I think he's a really good late-round uh, best ball target. And I agree with you that I think if something really did happen to Gurley, I think that might be more of a true committee role, but that Brown would have kind of the more important touches in terms of half-point PPR, best ball for a really good offense, which is those inside the red zone, I think. What if Gurley's just, like, fine? 
Well, then the people drafting Gurley in the late It would be round. one of the most, like, weird things in fantasy football for last year's top overall scorer to have, like, a couple people report that he had a knee injury, go in the second round, and then score 20 touchdowns again. Like, it would for real be – I don't – there's not there's not another time that this has happened in fantasy football where last year's top scorer didn't suffer, like, a severe injury or change teams and drop – two rounds in ADP. Yeah, it's 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 very strange, but the at the end of last year in the playoffs, I should probably just start drafting some girly teams like just to be safe. I mean, if you're drafting Melvin Gordon like late to is there that big of a difference? I also think I so there's I we haven't talked about this, but I also think there's like 5% equity he gets traded to Tampa Bay. Maybe 5% might even get to Melvin high. Gordon? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, good, I went I – How, went good, how good would you feel about all those Jameis stacks? I mean, you'd feel good about Jameis' side, but that would definitely hurt the, the – It would really hurt my early season best ball stuff because Ronald Jones was at like 120 and I just took him yeah, in the draft. Right, but it, but it would also – I think it would also hurt the Godwin, Howard, yeah. Evans, plus Winston stacks because the real thing that those stacks are leaning on is the fact that Tampa Bay isn't going to – They're just going to throw yeah. Um, and Melvin Gordon's been very effective in the red zone his entire career. I don't even – there's not even been any reporting on that or anything, but just if you yep. go through and look at every team and you look at the running back, you go, they're happy, they're happy, they're happy, they're happy, yeah. that's cheap, they're happy. And then you go to Tampa Bay and you're like, dude, they don't have anything. They, they're talking about this undrafted free agent guy being their primary third down back or or Andre Ellington being their primary pass catching back. Yeah, I, I actually saw a report yesterday that Bruce Anderson was not even referenced – in their running back group, it was yeah, it's a Ronald mess. Jones, uh, Andre Ellington, and then Dare Agunbawale, the Wisconsin. He's like he's like a, he's like a fullback. He played yeah. he played for Cleveland for a while. Yeah, um, so very difficult running back situation there, but it's interesting. Um, our, so our goal with these going forward, we'll do uh, at least one of these a week. We'll just sit down and roll through a draft that either Davis or I will do. And the goal is to give you a little bit of the, the inside look into the thought process of how we go about drafts. These best balls allow, allow us to do them quickly. Uh, I know, Davis, you've gotten a lot of requests for the Leone Davis combo where I, I apparently just sit on the sidelines and chirp, apparently. It's not even my team, even though that I pay for these things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, people, hopefully, I will be doing some research on which contest uh, that we want to enter we, that in, but hopefully will, that comes we, soon. We will be running that back. So for, okay. for the long, the long uh, version of this, the you know, two to three hour version that we cut up last year or whatever for a full draft, not these 30-second clock best balls, uh, we will have one of those as well.